0: You're listening to episode 166 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're gonna talk about running and weight loss. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, And inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey, runners, and welcome to episode 166. My name is Letty.
1: My name is Ryan.
0: And here we are on our third try recording this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to our show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you keep deleting from the beginning, and I'm like, ah, we got to do it again. (laughs) I
0: know, I keep swallowing my words, but here we are another week.
1: Yes, and as you said the first time, and this time I'll say it, it's a rainy, thunderstormy afternoon in Florida, which is pretty typical for the summer this time of year, and it's kind of fun and nice to be podcasting with rain outside because I don't feel guilty for being outside and exercising.
0: You say that because you don't have to edit the thunder out. I do the editing. So
1: it's not that loud, though. I think you'll be okay.
0: I guess we'll see, right?
1: (laughs) So you got some exciting news for everyone.
0: I do. After three years of waiting, because I wasn't going to bid on this, I finally acquired the domain www.marathonrunningpodcast.com, which... Was owned by someone else, even though they never put anything up. And so, as you know, when you want to purchase a domain, if it's sold, you can bid. And I think it was for sale for six or $12,000. So I just kept on watching the expiration date for it. And then when it became available, I finally purchased it for a $12 fee. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. I think it's good. Now it actually matches our podcast.
0: It does. And now we have to re-record our intro. We still have runningpodcast.us, but we probably should record a new intro
1: anyway. We've had
0: this intro for a while.
1: Freshen things up. So what are we talking about today?
0: So today we're going to talk about the topic of running and weight loss. And before we hop into that, little disclaimer, we're not recording this podcast to tell everyone that they should be losing weight. That's everybody's personal choice. But if you, like many runners, started running because you wanted to maintain your weight and you're interested in learning about this topic, that's what we are here for.
1: Yes. So regardless of your motives, you know, exercise has been shown with studies. It seems to help a lot in your health, whether or not you're doing it for weight loss or fitness or anything else. So we just encourage running.
0: It is, however, healthy to maintain a healthy weight.
1: There. I mean, I guess there is there is health benefits to being a healthy weight.
0: Yeah, um, there are reasons some runners want to lose weight. There are some statistics out there that say if you are lighter, you run faster.
1: So you can't really pretend that that doesn't exist. Being too thin is unhealthy too. So you want to be careful going the other way too far. But definitely if you weigh less and you're trying to do these really high speed or like really fast times in a marathon, which is quite a distance to do, the less weight that you have to move around is going to be a little bit easier on your body.
0: Yeah, so I found this calculator on runbundle.com that I found interesting because it tells you and I don't know how accurate this is at all, full disclaimer. It t- it makes you put in your weight and whatever you weigh yourself in kilos, pounds, stones, whatever, and then you put in your finishing time for a past marathon. So then it tells you after you put in your goal weight, how much faster you could be. So I just randomly put in some numbers. If you weigh 130 pounds and you run a three and a half minute, I mean, sorry, and you run a three and a half hour marathon, then if you weigh 120 pounds, you are going to be running this just based on the weight loss, a whole 13 and a half minutes faster, making your time for the marathon being a three hours and 16 minutes and 30 second marathon.
1: It's interesting. I I wonder how accurate or where they got their data or how they calculated that.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, I don't really know where those numbers came from, but I'm sure there is some science behind it. So if you guys want to look into that yourselves, it's runbundle.com. And there is another set of impact that you know, is a reason for maintaining a healthy weight. Did you know that with each pound of body weight, your knee absorbs one and a half pounds of stress when you walk? So that jumps to nearly four pounds when you run. So the impact on your knee of weight, as you know as a radiologist, is tremendous.
1: Yeah, I would just say for my observations, by reading lots of imaging, it seems that people that are in the higher end of the BMI tend to have more... Degenerative change or so in their joints. Um, there, I think there are studies that maybe show that there's multi factors as to why that happens, but it definitely seems to be true with the images that I look at.
0: Interesting stuff.
1: I think that people need to figure out where they want to be in their weight. Um, and then that could be their goal and wherever it might be. I know that when they studied the runners that were in the marathon all the way to the about the 3000 meter, distances, their BMIs, the optimal BMI or the BMI most commonly encountered was right around 20. But then if you were in the sprinter range, if you're over in like the 100 meter, 200 meter, then the optimal BMI became like 23, 24. So depending on what you run and where you want to be and what weight you want to be and how important running is in your life, those are some things you could think about.
0: I agree. I think that's good.
1: And if someone's interested in losing weight by running, then hopefully we have some tips for him.
0: Yes. And for that we consulted with Tommy Dippendal. He is from the Netherlands, but currently living in Laos, where he does all sorts of coaching. So we're gonna we're gonna link his social media in our podcast notes as always. And then if you have further questions in regards to that or if you would like to work with him, then obviously contact him directly.
1: So what kind of questions do you ask him?
0: So we just talked about some tips that he had for maintaining a healthy lifestyle and with that, a healthy weight and tips on if you choose to use running as a vehicle for weight loss, how you can get there, all that stuff. That sounds good.
1: So without further ado,
0: we're now going to play our conversation with Tommy Diffendahl. All right, so I'm on here with Tommy Dipenda. Tommy, thank you so much for joining my podcast today.
2: Okay, it is a pleasure to be here. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So we brought you on because we have a question about running and weight loss. But before we talk about that, perhaps you can tell us who you are, what you do, and where you're currently living.
2: Okay, I'm. Uh, well, Tommy, you say my name already. I'm original from the Netherlands, uh, and I did my whole life sport. I started as a young one, everybody in the Netherlands uh, play football or soccer, how you in the uh, in the States, say. Uh, then I start with martial arts, judo, karate, pink silat. Like, uh, you name it. Uh, I play water polo. I run a marathon, a half marathon first. My first ever half marathon was one hour, 22 minutes. So if people say as a weightlifter, I don't know what I talk about with running, talk again, I know. I had a couple of clients uh, as uh that were runners, uh, triathletes, and one triathlete was a pretty high-level amateur, and I helped her to uh, topple down 30 minutes from her overall time. So, uh, yes, uh, I know what I talk about. But, okay, 45 years later in the gym, uh, I'm still working out five, six times per week, and I try to keep my fat percentage on a low level. In the past, I did uh, had a couple companies, IT consultant company and stuff like that, Now I'm a lifestyle fitness coach. I say that I'm a certified life coach. I'm a certified personal trainer that I did start in the past as a hobby after my bodybuilding uh, competition years. And I live now in Laos. I have a lot of NGO, uh, top managers, uh, CEOs from the companies and organizations here. Uh, And I help people to implement healthier lifestyle habits. I'm also a metabolic health coach so i think i know a few things uh, how to make food serve you uh and then with food i have a 20 or 80 20 principle 80% food should be good for your body it should be uh benefit you and 20% for the mind i mean we want to have pleasure in the, in life too
0: Perfect. Um, I love this eighty twenty rule because we have that too in endurance running. When it goes to our training, that we do eighty percent of our runs at a you know pace level that is not too fast, and then twenty percent when we really go at it. So we all know that these eighty twenty rules can really work well in life. So let's hop into the weight loss and running journey. A lot of runners start running because they have the goal of losing weight before they fall in love in this, before they fall in love with the sport and with running, particularly running marathons and all that stuff. So it sets out the running journey for a lot of us. I'm including myself because I wanted to run just to kind of have something for weight maintenance. Then what happens is we see that a lot of runners, when they train for marathons, either gain weight or the weight loss plateaus. And then they kind of trend to go back to gaining a little bit of weight back. Maybe you can explain that for us a little bit.
2: Yeah. So you you talk about metabolic rate. And that that change. Uh, So your body adjusts and learns uh, same as now popular artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, learn from what you feed it. Your body also learn from what you feed. So let's say you was a little bit overweight and was eating 2,500 uh, calories per day. And, uh, well, you want to lose this extra fat percentage. So it was. Uh, I, I don't like to talk about uh, too much weight. I always like to talk about that your fat percentage is too high, uh, consider from a health view. Uh, for the woman, it should be around 18, 20 percent if you are on a healthy level. Of course, if you are a fanatic runner, then you will most likely sit a couple percent below that. Uh, for the man, it's 15. And well, if you're an, uh, more than average sporter, so for me, it is mostly around 12 percent. And I think with 60 plus, that is an, uh, a nice way to keep it. Uh, so sometimes my clients say if i eat the same as you then i don't fit to the door anymore i will gain weight yes if you start from never eat like that and then uh, the other day you change and start to eat the same as me your body's not used to it and then it cannot handle it and it will store everything that it cannot digest because it didn't learn to digest that much food and you will get fat same as people say from oh but i eat only healthy food it doesn't matter. If you eat more than your body needs, you will gain fat. So it is a learning process. So if you start running, you need slowly to adjust the uh, food to the needs of your body. If you need to lose some, okay, then you find out with little steps, like 500 calorie, and then you check it for a couple of weeks how your body respond to that, 500 uh, uh, less intake and then you see how your body goes and then then you know from okay this is my metabolic need this is the amount of calories that i need to eat to be healthy and perform in my sport on an uh, on a level that i feel good with it uh so mostly when marathon runners start to lose weight or come off uh lose too much or don't lose anymore that they even gain uh yeah when they get to Close to the contest, uh, they start to have longer runs, and then a longer run in the weekend. And then, of course, you're increase the distance. How close you come to your run day that you run the ex- exactly the distance that you want to run, at set an half marathon on a full marathon. And then, of course, you start to eat more because you ask more energy exposure from from your body. And well, that want to uh, level that. That is our safety system. And fat is then always, I say, the oil field from from our body. How you have oil in the earth that you can get and then make energy for your cars and motorbike. Fat is there when we have not enough food and then the body will consume the fat to provide energy. And you should have that in balance.
0: All right. So you are basically saying that um, your body, once you have leaned out and you continue eating the same thing, it'll smarten up.
2: Yeah. Sometimes you you can hit a plateau and, and then you need to readjust your intake because your mental uh, so your calorie needs will, will change. So, so people that are, let's say in a normal healthy healthy way and, and, an average man would uh, have 3,000 calories, but now this person was on a, s- a certain moment, whatever reason, uh, overweight. So his fat level was 35 or maybe 40 percent, and he want to go down, and then he go to an extreme diet. So instead of 3,000, uh, he go to 1,200 calories, and of course, uh, not always feel good, and maybe not always consistent. But in a certain moment, the body will adjust to it and think that that is what he needs. And, and so then it doesn't go that fast anymore. Of course, in the long term, uh, you will always lose weight if you're really in deficit. But the thing is, m- most people underestimate what they eat, the amount of calories. So... Mostly with my clients, if they are not really serious in doing uh, any con- contestant or uh, for, for a e- sport event, but just want to be more healthy. Well, I'm not a big fan to constant make them an, a slave from numbers. I, I don't want that they stand constant on the scale. And then also with counting your calories and uh, stuff like that, uh, I have there a very simple method for that you can use your hands and then you come pretty much to it and then uh, so you just look to the amount what is on your plate so i, I call it build your plate but uh, my fitness ball is uh, for example is a good help that you can lock your food and then you get actually an idea what you really are eating maybe not 100 percent right but it will way closer than just guessing from oh i had 100 uh, gram meat on my plate and uh, so google say this is uh, the amount of calorie uh, doesn't work really 100 like that another thing is from sleep people underestimate the amount or the quality of sleep on your digesting system so i had uh, uh, in the past a client and did many things and adjustments and he not really was losing the amount of weight that he should with this kind of actions Well, then I would find out that he was in a very stressful situation and was sleeping four to five hours per night. Uh, Doesn't help if you want to lose weight. So there are always more factors, more issues that play a role in in, uh, losing weight in a healthy way.
0: Okay, perfect. All right, so I guess in that case, let's get started. Um, Let's hear your tips for... Losing weight when you are on a running journey, if, I, if you want to lose weight and use running, something that burns a lot of calories as a vehicle to that?
2: Well, sleep, so recovering time, make sure that the body recover and is not constant in stress mode. If you want to lose weight, people can say whatever they want. The body needs seven to eight hours few exceptions but in in average a body needs seven to eight hours so if you're a phonetic runner then for sure you need your recovering time if your body is recover well it works well so then it also digests your food well if you still need recovering yeah. uh, the body don't digest it well and then you will gain weight on the same amount of food that you normally would maintain your weight or even lose some if you was running a little bit more So resting time is important.
0: Perfect. Thank you.
2: Another one is runners should implement at least two uh, strength training workouts. And if people say, oh, no, then I get too heavy. Well, I remember one of my clients, a female, uh, a pretty high-level amateur triathlon athlete, and her partner was a high-level amateur cyclist. Uh, when she then came back from Laos back to Australia, then he could see that she had a more stronger run or when she was on the cycle uh, on the bicycle that she had more control over the bicycle and the contest day she toppled down 30 minutes on her personal best. So yeah a little bit more strength will help with your with your run. but a little bit more density make that you even in resting, your body need more energy. Because when your muscles are a little bit bigger, they need more energy. Fat do not need energy. Fat is there to deliver energy. And I think also you're recovering after the marathon.
0: So then we implement two times of, about two times or more of strength training as we run. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I give usually an, an uh, well, I, I would say two and a half workout. So you have two real, Strength training workout, and then in the weekend you can have. As long you're not close to the the running date, then you can still do a little bit something depending on your energy level, because you must people must listen to the language that the body speak. So that is the same when they think that they are hungry. Most likely, in many cases, it is that they were thirsty. And if people then say, "From wh- why you say like that?" Well, go in the old days when we didn't could go anywhere for the bottled water. How did we get water from certain fruit and certain uh, fruits? Cucumber, tomato are uh, liquid dense vegetables. Yeah. Uh, watermelon, orange, and uh, so stuff like that. So, but then still, you eat to get liquid in your body. So that's why now these days, many times we eat something while the body actually was asking to get some liquid.
0: That's that's really cool because a lot of the times when I'm running, after I'm done running, I'm craving like a juicy mango or an orange and maybe my body yes. is just thirsty.
2: Yes. from With with running or when I did the uh, spinning class, uh, I would load myself up. So before the class, I would make force myself to drink more because I know that I will lose more, uh, uh, water by, by sweating. And then I had a big bottle while I was doing the, the spinning class. And then of course afterwards, uh, here it is a little bit more hot. So if you do a spinning class in 35 degree environment, you will start sweating. (laughs) So then you must make sure that you, that you load it up again before you go sleep. Another thing is people are so afraid to drink a glass of water before they go to sleep because they say, oh, then I wake up to go to the toilet. Uh, yeah. That is only when you learn a new habit. So I drink room temperature water just an half hour before I go to bed. And still I I, I have my, that I go to the toilet before I really step in bed. And in in general, I don't wake up. If you wake up, then it is most likely that you have too much uh, screen time just before you go to bed. So your brain is still active. And then your deep sleep and your REM sleep are not uh, enough. So it is not always about uh, being eight or nine hours in bed. It is about the quality of sleep that you get when you are in bed. And you can change that with an, an evening ritual when you go to bed. So again, it is reprogramming your mind with certain t- actions that you do on a daily base and then the body uh, so for me i always say oh i had uh, some very simplistic game that i was playing one hour before i would go to bed in five minutes i start to yawn because my body know when i start to play this game that is the mark that i set myself to my evening ritual and go to bed and same in the morning you're wake up and if you have certain rituals then you start more energized and you will not be tired and stuff like that Uh, of course you are tired when you didn't sleep enough so
0: okay perfect
2: another one is same as in bodybuilding don't try to squeeze in everything in six hours so intermittent fasting is good for certain moments uh, but cycle that don't live always in an Intimate fasting way if that is your thing sometimes eat more or less what is normal that you have three or four meals per day because your body can only digest a certain amount of food per three hour cycle another one is eat more protein most people eat way too much carbs but protein is also a very good energy source of course runners or or and, and cyclists that uh, go for long distance, they need carbohydrates for the energy, but don't forget your proteins. So in, in general, uh, of course, as an old bodybuilder, when I say that people should eat more protein and then they say, from, oh, I don't want to be big muscular. Uh, well, protein is not for building muscles alone. Protein is your your lifeline. That, uh, I, I just see uh, adjust your hair. Well, your hair will get more uh, more beautiful, your skin get more beautiful, your nails get more beautiful so you don't have to put artificial nails uh, because they always break and uh, it have many benefits, it is the building block for your body uh, another thing is that when I train runners I let them two to three times implement some strength training because you want to get symmetry in your body, right? if you only run then your legs are well developed but your upper body not. When you have a little bit more muscle density, then even when you sit, like we sit now, we burn more calories than someone that never do some strength training. It doesn't have to be in the gym. It can just be body weight, but some strength training so that the muscles get a little bit stronger, and then you will also burn more calorie in resting.
0: When you're talking about protein, perhaps you can explain the types of protein, and then also keep in mind that there is a lot of us vegetarians, and yes. how we best could do that.
2: Well, uh, like I said, I'm from the Netherlands. We are big in producing hemp-related products that they uh, that they smoke, but hemp is also a good source of protein. It is a very complete protein. So instead of pea protein uh check or you find hemp protein then you come to a very very good source of plant-based protein
0: yeah, no absolutely so then um for the meat eaters amongst the listeners, where do you suggest what is the best source of protein?
2: Um, I would say chicken breast or tuna beef can, but then make sure that you have uh, and an better quality that you that you know how the cows were roaming around and feed so Some organic uh, cows that uh, are treated how you would treat your pet. Most people are not aware. So, if if you look from certain meat is so fulfilled with all kind of medication to get the disease out, so that you uh, don't get sick from the meat that you eat. So that's why they, the vegetarians or the people that are so animal active. Uh, they are right, but if you get a good or honest piece of meat, then yeah, that is no problem. That is uh, the best sort of protein. But uh, I'm personally a fan of uh, chicken breast and uh, fish fillet so that I don't have to click all the bones out of my mouth. I, I keep it simple so that I can quick eat. But that are the, And of course, eggs. Eggs is the most undervalued protein source. And if people say cholesterol, uh, cholesterol, no, you don't get cholesterol up from eggs. Eggs are high in cholesterol, but not the cholesterol that make it in the human body up. Actually, cholesterol comes from too much carbohydrates, so more than your body needs.
0: Okay, perfect. Another tip that you are giving us is to know exactly how many calories your body
2: needs. So make sure that you know and from there you can adjust so it, it, you can find it out in uh, in about 2 weeks because if you know exactly that you eat 2000 calorie and you don't lose weight then after 2 weeks you can say okay I do 200 300 calorie less and then you will start losing weight if you are then in a deficit no matter what you will lose weight I I like to approach it in a scientific way so then I say as a science you need data right uh we we see it in the last three years that they were slapping data on our ears from how uh, all the bacterias and viruses uh, were developing. So, data is always the most important and the only source that that confirm yes or no. Uh, in in the Netherlands, uh, then they would say, "Oh, that this wet finger work." So we mean from, and then you hold it in the sky and then, oh yeah yeah, the weather gonna be good. Well, no, the weather doesn't gonna be good just because you. Put a wet finger, and then you feel where the wind come from. You need data. Same with eating. So you need to find out what is your uh caloric intake. It could be two thousand, two thousand five hundred. It can be three thousand for <clears throat> for a woman. Of course, usually a little bit less than for the men, and that is just because of the total size in average. And I mean, an, an healthy size, not a woman that have thirty kilo overweight, but if she is just normal, maybe with an, uh, an, a little extra love handle from a couple fingers, but not when it is uh, a couple hands that hanging around the waistline. That is, I don't talk about aesthetics that is just unhealthy, it will give uh, a lot of problems because your organs will then moving around in the stomach. They don't anymore on the right spot in the idle uh, place where it should be. So. You just need to find out. And I'm not a big fan to constant track your food because it gets then very problematic. You get uh, psychological problems and stuff like that. But for one or two months to know exactly where you are, and if you then was giving attention to it, then you can see how your plate look like when you have the right amount of food. That's why I call it build your plate. And if your plate has no space between your uh, carbohydrate source and your vegetable source and and your protein source then most likely the plate is too full okay perfect uh yeah the next part is uh, a very simple if you don't wanna with a scale and stuff like that if you're in a restaurant or something like that use your hand so i always say your full hand is the amount of vegetables that should be on the plate only the palm of your hand, so let's say half your hand, that is the amount of protein if you are not a vegetarian. And then your thumb is about the gravy. So, pearl fat. And then you have a an, an pretty simple indication how to build your plate.
0: Okay, perfect.
2: Be, be aware that you have an, an, an balanced meal and stop eating uh, factory produce. That will also help you to digest your food better. Now we have so much artificial products on the scales in the, in the supermarket or body don't recognize it. So it it a problem to digest it. So I don't say that you never have something out of a pack or a can, but try to then uh, have the 80-20 rules. 80% you eat what your body needs, fresh produce and 20% you have, uh, factory produce
0: you have some great psychological hacks that work
2: also it's all always about mindset and if sometimes people say from oh no i cannot do that or "There's too much work and then i say it is as simple as brushing your teeth in general people will at least in the morning when they wake up and in the evening when they go to bed brush the teeth no matter what they don't need any motivation it's just a consistent action. So when you set yourself more to consistent actions, then it gets daily habits. So people that want to lose weight and don't feel hungry, eat from a smaller plate because the plate looks full.
0: Okay, perfect.
2: Another thing to lose weight is don't put the tools with food in front of your mouth. And I say tools because living in Asia, we eat with chopstick. Uh, people eat by hand and by spoon or fork. But if you, you can do the tests when you have your meal later, when you have your mouse full from the bite before and your fork or spoon is again in front of your mouse, you will start swallowing it. You, you stop chewing. You just want to get the food down because your, your eyes see already the next batch in front of your mouse. So then you swallow it more fast than you should Yeah. Because you will get a lot of nutrition out of it with chewing. And I don't say you need to chew it 30 times or something like that, but you just need a a normal time to chew your food. So that's why it is good if you have family, breakfast, lunch or dinner, whatever is possible, and you have conversations, because then you eat slower. And uh, why you need to eat slower? Or brain is fast, but not that fast. So usually with food uh, competitions, they are set on 10 minutes. Right. Like 10 minutes as many uh, hot dogs or eggs or whatever they stuff down. Because after that, you're, you cannot anymore. You, you will, your body will revoke it. And, and so that's why I say, uh, slow down your eating time. Uh, right. and, and you will see that you then also don't eat too much. So that help also with losing weight and start with mini habits. Don't jump in, uh, and, and change your life. So you hear today something, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do that. No, no, start little implementations. And when they are daily habits that it just, you don't have to think about it anymore. Then it is a daily habit. Then you implement something new and then there's no stress. We want to avoid stress. You want to have more happiness. When you have more happiness, your, your body will digest your food in a better way. A stressed person will not digest the food in a good way.
0: Perfect. Thank you for all of this. And I want to um, have you tell the listeners how they can follow you and also find you on Instagram, just like I did.
2: Yes. uh, Instagram and uh, they can connect to me there. Uh, I love to give advice. Uh, It is not always about sales. It is about service and people that think, uh, Oh, I feel alike with them. Then they always can hop on a call and then you find out or, I would be the right coach because I will not be the right coach for everybody.
0: And your handle is
2: Tommy underscore lifestyle.
0: Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Have a
0: good day. Thanks, you too. Thank you, Tommy, for coming on and speaking with us and giving us those nine tips on how to lose a little bit of weight. I'm going to put a lot of that stuff in my show notes. And that way you can be reminded of what it takes or the tips that Tommy had if weight loss is your goal and you want to use running as a vehicle for that.
1: And as always, we like feedback. So please tell us if you like this, if you have found success using some of his tips, if you want any other topics for us to delve into or talk about, we'd love to hear.
0: Yes, we've recently received a few comments. I guess our hosting platform from the podcast has an option of commenting on our podcast episodes. And we really appreciate those uh, comments because it's good input and it helps us not only stay motivated, but also find future topics when we know what our listeners are interested in.
1: Tune in next week for another amazing podcast, of which I have no idea what it is because Letty does a lot of the work.
0: (laughs) All right, that's it for today's, guys. Tune in for next week. And with that,
1: have a good week of running.
0: Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.